What's up, NBA fans? We are past the trade deadline and just a few days away from the All-Star weekend, as well as a week past the moment when LeBron James became the number one all-time NBA scoring leader. It's been a few weeks since we've recorded a podcast episode, and since then, a ton has gone down. Uh, Unfortunately, we can't cover everything in an hour, so we're just going to jump right into the trade deadline. As so many moving pieces occurred, and it's insane. Usually you don't see some of these moves happen up until a few hours before the trade deadline. But today, this year, things started moving at 1 a.m. the night before with Kevin Durant going to the Suns and then just the floodgates opening up. I don't even know the final tally of how many players were actually moved or total picks exchanged, but I'm going to take a wild guess here and say easily over 20 players were moved, maybe 30. Sean, do you have a gut feeling? I mean, you might be undershooting it, Alan. I think that there's a lot more and a lot of picks, mm-hmm. too. Um, and I, actually, that's that's how I'd like to lead this this uh, podcast episode today. I, I have a little trivia question for you. Um, you may have noticed, but there was a shocking amount of second round yes. picks just getting thrown left and right. Just, I don't know. It, I don't know if they have any value or what, but... Can you guess how many second-round picks were traded at the trade deadline in this total. year? In Ooh. total. Is this... I'm going to guess some of these second-rounders, though, were traded more than once within the same moment. <laughs> they probably were. I didn't keep track of any individual pick, but you'd probably be yeah, safe to assume so that, yeah. I'm going to guess, is this like a total trade or total unique trades of second-round pick? Just total. Total. Oh, if it's total, yeah. it's, I don't know. I'm going to go with 20, 25. That may be two. That, my friend, is shockingly <laughs> low compared to the actual amount oh, wow. of 44, 44. 44 second round picks were swapped at this year's trade deadline. An unprecedented oh amount. Oh, my God. Where does that, you, wherever you got that, was, did you see a number to contextualize? Like, what that looks like in years past. I I wasn't able to find what that looked like compared to years past. But I'm no. gonna s- it was just talking about this year's, but it's, yeah. it's insane, right? I mean, we saw so many deals, like five first round picks or not first round. Yeah. I think that'd be crazy. Uh, five second round picks, four second round picks, a first round pick <laughs> and two second round picks. Like it, it's like, I don't even know if, these are worth anything and so there's two thoughts i have with this is one nikola Jokic has revolutionized the second Mm -hmm. round pick in that it makes people think that they have a shot at the next nikola Jokic by getting a second round pick but obviously that's a long cry so you give them multiple to make them think that they have multiple chances to get a nikola Jokic. But in reality, you have like a 0.01% chance of getting a Nikola Jokic. True. But there, there is also <laughs> value in the second rounders in that in this, in this NBA era of tighter salary caps, that's where you're going to get your cheap rotation players from. <laughs> it's the, it's, you have yeah, to. Some of these, that's true. Some of these teams, the mm-hmm. Bucks, um, you know, the Suns now also, the Celtics. The Lakers. The Lakers, not because they're contenders, but just by default because... Of, but yeah, <laughs> but these long-time teams that are stretching such a long-time run at the title, 
after year three or year four and you're in repeater tax territory, that's where you're going to have to get your rotation guy. Your dude, you're going to throw out there for 10 to yeah. 10 to 20 minutes. It's got to come from the <laughs> second round. Uh, you're just not going to get that value yeah. in the free agent market. True. Yeah. So in that way, and, and these guys have potential, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of these guys are still really good college players, really good players overseas. You know, it's a, it's a roll of the dice for sure, but you know, it, it can be worth something. The problem is when you get like five second round yeah. picks, you know, and it's like, obviously they're split up over multiple seasons in a lot of cases, but you know, say you have three or four second round picks in one draft. Like that's just too many. <laughs> you don't need that many in one draft. It's just crazy. And yeah, there's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of that coming up because of this trade deadline. It's it's going to be a really wacky uh, second round for a lot of these NBA. Yeah, drafts. I am curious to see how that like it almost feels like we're inevitably going towards a path where the Utah Jazz and the Brooklyn Nets now. And the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to dominate teams because they're going to control <laughs> who gets what talent and what is gets left what leftover young talent gets gets floated downstream yeah. to the rest of the league because they're holding <laughs> on to so many second rounders and first rounders at this point. It's it's insane. Yeah. Um, it's it's absolutely insane, yeah. man. It, what a trade deadline, though. This this one is one for the books. Yeah, for sure. I mean, off the gates, off the cuff, talking about second round. Just the fact that like Gary, an injured Gary Pates in second was worth five second rounders. <laughs> five is is five ridiculous. I don't. I would love to hear what's going on in these phone calls. Like people really just trying to squeeze as much as they can out of out of each other. But overall, I think in summary. Um, the Western Conference had such parity, and I think we were due to a big trade deadline like this just because so many teams were so close to each other within the standings, despite all of them, I think, ultimately having different goals. Uh, Utah being one of those, obviously shipping some pieces. But then again, there were some teams that are in that middle of the pack that didn't make any moves in Chicago Bulls and the Toronto Raptors. So those two were odd. Uh, the Raptors made a move. They they made a move to get players <laughs> yeah. instead of selling yeah, players. Yeah, like we, I thought they were going, on, they were going to put on their clearance rack out out on the driveway, and you know, Not <laughs> yeah, quite. they went out and shop. So <laughs> it, it's it's crazy. So some teams made moves, and obviously some some sold some. So the big one obviously happening at one a.m. Eastern Eastern time, and. Close to close to bedtime. I was hoping you weren't asleep when I texted that and you were, weren't you? What was I doing? I was not asleep, but I was not paying attention to basketball. I think I was was wrapping up a movie, I think. (laughs) And then I, and then I, then I took, it went like several minutes with me, like a dozen minutes without looking at my phone. And then I looked at it and I saw (laughs) it and I I just couldn't believe it. But we, but we all should have seen it coming because the son's ownership went into effect the week of the trade deadline. So if somebody was going to really yeah. just, you know, put their mouth where their money, or you put their money where their mouth is, is it's, it's that moment. Like yeah. the sun's ownership group. I love it is aggressive and, and went for it. Yeah. Matt Ishbia, the new owner of the Phoenix suns wants to make his statement early and make, put his mark on this team and get them out of the Sarver era. And this man, what, what a freaking crazy trade the fact that it happened so quickly too obviously and in another trade we'll talk about the Kyrie Irving trade obviously you know spurned along because mm-hmm. of that 
Um, but we didn't hear KD uh, reignite his trade request that he had in the offseason. We didn't hear about that. It could have happened behind closed doors and the trade happened so fast that we just never got it reported. And the fact that it happened so late at night, especially for the Nets being on the East Coast, that yeah, that just speaks to how quickly they wanted to move on this. And here, yeah, here it is. I mean, Kevin Durant and uh, the Suns actually get TJ mm-hmm. Warren back, which is kind of funny. Um, along, And then they get... McCall Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four unprotected first round picks and a pick swap in 2028 mm-hmm. um, to round out the deal there between the Suns and the Nets. And what what's your kind of initial impressions of this, Alan? Like what like what was your first thought? Like, was this a fair trade for both sides? I mean, it's it's as good as it's gonna get. Like it's <clears throat> it's it's yeah. hard because when you make a trade, like some of the basic trades, middle of the pack trades. It's like you essentially trade a dollar for for four quarters, you know, or a nickel, you know, a quarter for out of two, two, two dimes or whatever and a five and a nickel. Yeah. But it's so hard to call Kevin Durant simply just a dollar and the the other pieces uh, that the Nets get back the four quarters equivalents. Um, so I feel like when you trade a superstar like that, it's just always hard to say that you got the, the fair and a fair deal or you got the something of equal equivalence so i think the winners here is obviously the suns they get they get the whole the hall of famer they get the guy who's a difference maker yeah a dude who almost took down the defending champs by himself in a playoff series with a injured james (laughs) harden and that's why you trade for superstars it's because they are they're such an x factor once they're healthy and you put them on your team especially a guy like kevin durant and for the Nets end of the deal, well, I basically they closed the book on what has been a nightmarish situation for them. And they basically get players that are young, uh, players that are upcoming dudes that have an expiring contract in Camp Johnson, dude who has a long term contract in Mikel Bridges. And, and then you get Jay Crowder, who you they quickly swap for an, for other pieces and they get the picks, the picks. They wanted those picks well into well into the decade when Chris Paul will fame out at some point. Kevin Durant probably unless he goes the path of of Durant and then at that point you have yeah (laughs) you have a Booker and DeAndre Ayton Phoenix Suns and maybe that's a middle of the pack team or maybe those guys go their separate ways who knows it's hard to tell but I think the Nets are set up to catch to to catch this catch some success with themselves if the Suns fame out uh later on in this decade but on the Suns side getting Kevin Durant is of course huge um when you already have Chris Paul Devin Booker and this is your one-time shot like I don't think it's I don't think it's going to get any better in the next few years. I think this is it, especially considering the age of these guys. I think I do think though for the Suns, if I were the Suns, I would have wanted to send DeAndre Ayton instead of Mikel Bridges. Mm. Uh, and maybe the Nets would have preferred that, but somehow they just included Mikel Bridges in this one and Ayton stays with the Suns despite his headbutting with Mont- Monty Williams. So that'll be an interesting one to, to see how the Suns manage that relationship there and, and where Monty Williams fits DeAndre Aiden. Because with a trade like this, uh, I mean, it's hard to really continue business as usual. I got to imagine they're going to make some changes rotationally and, and in terms of identity because Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges, those were two big dudes who really established your defense, what you did defensively on, on the perimeter, and as well as what you did offensively with two with two with two wing threats like that knocked down down three Mm -hmm. shooters and you don't have those now. Yeah. 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 It's all really comes down to Booker Mm -hmm. and KD and that's really all you need. Honestly, 
I mean, you still got Chris Paul. You still have DeAndre Ayton. And I'm guessing the Nets probably got offered DeAndre Ayton first. If we're thinking of it from the the non-basketball standpoint of we don't want Ayton around this organization. Uh, but they probably are like, no, we want we want Bridges. That's the guy we want long term and to rebuild around. And so that, that's probably they just ended up doing it because they're like, yep, we need mm-hmm. Kevin Durant. We want Kevin Durant. <laughs> We're going to get him no matter what it takes. And I am beyond excited to see this pairing. This is going to contend for the best duo in yeah. the league, which up to this point has been Jason Tatum, Jalen yeah. Brown. If we're being honest, it it should be Kawhi and Paul George. <laughs> if they really played, be, if they played, <laughs> but it's not. If they played, it should be LeBron and AD. Yeah. If they played, but I mean, and and this is the other X factor here too. Is, is Kevin Durant isn't healthy yeah. right now, so that is a little concerning. And so we're hoping he comes back after All Star break. We don't have a definitive timetable yet, but it's gonna take some time for him to get back into it obviously he's kevin durant and he's proven that he can do it i mean he came off of that achilles injury and started balling right Mm -hmm. away and so we're hoping that this is just a lesser form of that and he can come back and just really integrate himself in well i mean he's proven that he can ball wherever he's played and i i really think that this is going to catapult the suns into this is their title to lose type of contention like, I don't think the Celtics are the favorite anymore. I, I don't think the Nuggets are the best team in the West. This is the best team in the league for sure. And I I see a lot of people saying like, oh, like without Bridges, without Cam Johnson, like the Suns aren't actually going to be that good. Chris Paul's old. KD's old. Like they don't have the depth. And to all of them, I say, have you never seen Kevin Durant play <laughs> basketball? Like people just act like the three and D players that like bridges and Johnson are they're good players, but like we as NBA fans and possibly mostly the NBA media has just fallen so in love with these freaking three and D players like OG Ananobi and, and McCall bridges that we think that they're worth way more than they actually are. And like you hear all these reports like, oh, like the Raptors are trying to get three first round picks for OG Ananobi. And we love OG Ananobi. Don't get me wrong. Like we we both are huge fans of OG, but he's not getting three first round picks. I'm sorry. And and so it's just like it's just crazy. Like the the amount of, you know, speculation of whether the Suns won this trade. Yeah, they freaking won the trade. Like it's just crazy. And it's crazy to me that people don't think the Suns are the title favorites at this point. I honestly don't understand it. I am actually, I don't think that they are the definitive title favorite. So I, maybe I'm one of those people, Sean, but I do think they get mm. catapulted and I do think they're probably more likely or not to represent the West coming out and playing against the Celtics or the Bucks. But I don't think it puts them automatically as the favorite to win the title. And the only reason I say that is because of the injuries that Durant has had. He's missed a ton of games, probably played roughly almost half, only half of the games over the last two years available possible games. And the Suns identity currently is the ninth and ninth in defensive rating, 17th in offensive rating. And their identity over the last two years has been just awesome perimeter defense and then go to Booker and go to Paul to power your offense and knock down threes. 
this team looks a little different now without without Mikel Bridges and without Cam Johnson. Um, I mean, Jay Crowder was never there, so they they lost that piece a little yeah. bit. From <laughs> if you look at him from what they had last year, um, so with Devin Booker coming back, DeAndre Aiden kind of again butting heads with Monty Williams. Like, I do think there's just still some questions to answer as to what this team is going to look like, and is Durant going to be healthy enough? to sort of play the the versatile piece. And that's that's sort of the thing that sucks about a Kevin Durant, about being him, is that he's so damn good that teams have to gut their rosters <laughs> to to get him. So because you... Yeah, but it's it worth, is worth it, it, man. It's but worth can it. He, essentially, can he be the best perimeter defender player, the best perimeter defender for the Suns when he needs to be? <clears throat> but then at the same time, also then turn around and be the best... Uh, a front court defender for the, or at least the second best front court defender for the Suns when they shift him down and still be able to be their number one option offensively. Like it's such a, it's such a, those are, these are such big ask and Durant has delivered on those time and time again on the Thunder, on the yeah. Nets, uh, maybe not so mm-hmm. much on the Warriors, but sometimes he did <laughs> when they went to dead, those yeah. small, the death lineups or whatever they had down there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. can he do that again for the Suns? I think that's that's the big question mark, and so I I still just want to see that. But if if he can, if he comes back, then then yeah, they probably do have a shot. I mean, they have the ultimate chess pieces here. Yeah, I mean, you said it yourself, man. It, it's like he's proven he's done it time and yeah. time again, and I he has yet to show me why I shouldn't believe in him yeah. still. He's still playing at the elite level that he's always been at. And I feel like his game's just getting smarter every year. And he just becomes better and better from a basketball IQ standpoint. And you also mentioned the health. And that that is really the only thing. And I'm making my take based on a healthy yeah. Kevin Durant. If you have a healthy Kevin Durant, I think you are the title contender here on the Phoenix Suns. And nothing's going to stand in your way unless you get yeah. hurt. And that, But that's the same argument for every other team. You know, if Jason Tatum gets hurt, if you know Nicole Jokic gets hurt, like it, I think it's the same effect. So I, I, I'm not gonna factor that into my belief on who is the favorite to win the NBA title. I'm just gonna go purely off the players on the roster right now, and that is Kevin Durant. For sure, I'll just say one thing on this point is just the Suns need to figure out what to do, or DeAndre Aiden needs to figure out what he wants to do with himself as far as a player in this NBA. <laughs> he has a chance to win an NBA title, and I know he's a talented young guy, but when you have Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Durant, especially on your team, you're yeah. not going to get the ball down in the post, and you're not going to ex- ex- no. average over 20 points a game in this league. I mean, maybe you're you're going to have some no. big nights, but... He's currently at 18 points points a game, 10 boards. Um, so he needs to get the boards. Yeah, I think he needs to just realize that this is his time and he can win an NBA title this young in his NBA career. And I would love to see him be a contender to make all NBA def- an all NBA defensive team. Like I think he he should yeah. be trying to do that. And I hope he can do it. If he can do that, then <laughs> another another mark to why the Suns will be a title favorite. Yeah, it's kind of funny because you know, if you think about it, he actually he has to be Nick Claxton. Yeah, he he can which, be and an even better version though because yeah. he can score. He can right. naturally score. 
But that's such a, yeah, like you said, such a, a pride swallowing thing mm-hmm. for him to have to think like, I have to be Nick Claxton for this Suns team. Like, I just have to play gritty defense, get a bunch of blocks, a bunch of boards, finish some pick and rolls, some alley-oops, just play the yeah. role and just be along for the ride and and just make sure that what you're doing is is helping right. the team. And then there's going to be moments where, you know, things that Nick Claxton can't do and that would have cost an, a, the Nets a series, Nick DeAndre Aiden can do. He can knock down a three. He can yeah. get the ball in the post when if they mm-hmm. desperately need a bucket or he can't take advantage of a mismatch. And he'll have those playoff series. Well, he'll he may be the the second leading scorer for the Suns, and they'll need it to to win to win that game. I just hope he can keep his head straight mm-hmm. and and uh, and be ready for those moments because I don't think they're going to come night in and night out during the yeah. regular season. Yeah, this and it, this could be a big maturity moment for him. I mean, you you've got two veterans on your team to to kind of lead the way, and KD and Chris yeah. Paul. You know they they've they've been there done that in almost every facet of the league so you just gotta soak it up at this point like Aiden's still super mm-hmm. young we can't forget and this is a big opportunity for him to really learn from yeah. the best yeah. in the league it's funny you put yeah. it in he's basically Nick Claxton but getting paid max salary money so <laughs> yeah exactly yeah take your take your paycheck my guy and just play like Nick yeah. Claxton <laughs> um, I mean there there are so many other traits here we could break down. Um, I guess a notable one is obviously Kyrie Irving going to Dallas. The Lakers completely rehauling their entire roster. Uh, we have a whole trade summary here. Sean, <laughs> would you rather go through this trade summary or is there uh, trades you want to call out? Uh, well, let's look at the Nets as mm-hmm. a whole right now. So they obviously get Mikal Bridges, Cam Johnson. They also get Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie in the Kyrie Irving deal. So that's four pretty good rotation mm-hmm. players you're adding in. So you're basically getting two rotation players for one superstar. Not exactly equivalent, mm. right? You're not getting even an all-star back in return for any of these deals, which is unfortunate. Um, you get some promising guys, some younger guys like, like Bridges and Johnson from the Suns, and you get decent veterans from the Mavs. And a guy in Spencer Dinwiddie that you're super familiar with, so he can at least ride the ship out for you while you're trying to retool and rebuild and i mean Kyrie Irving actually said it best he's like he left them in a pretty good spot like i think they're 11 games above 500 when uh, he requested mm-hmm. his trade so he didn't actually screw them over that much he he left them in a spot where they are very likely to make the playoffs and with all of these guys you bring in like this is a solid regular season team yeah. still because you can win plenty of games against bad teams with all of these guys who are above average players in the yep. NBA. No. Yeah, you're just not ever going to have a guy that you can be like, this is who we go to if a game is close. If the game is close, they're yeah. kind of screwed. Like, I'm not counting on McCall Bridges to be my clutch scorer. Although tonight, <laughs> I mean, he had a crazy night tonight. He you see that game 17 to 24 from the field for this man, 45 career high points, eight rebounds, five assists, two steals, two blocks. I mean, if he does that, mm-hmm. sure, but that is not going to happen on a night in night out. Maybe he averages over 20 a game, but it's not going to be enough to win a playoff matchup. No, not at all. And I mean, talk about three and D's. The joke is like they've now cornered the market. 
which is kind of a joke, but it's also <laughs> yeah. kind of true. Like in the off season, all these yeah. contracts are besides bridges. They're pretty movable during Finley Smith's um, Nick Claxton's contract. Camp Johnson is obviously an expiring, so they can do a sign and trade situation there. So they they're flexible and they have an opportunity to, to continue cleaning house next next season and they have an opportunity to continue giving a reason for brooklyn fans to keep buying tickets because i think what do i think there's 24 games left in the year and they're currently 10 games above above 500 so yeah i don't think they're going to go on a five game losing streak like i do think they over their next 10 they could easily go 500 over their next 10 so i think that should give them a good pretty good position to still hold they might not hold on to the fifth seed but at the very least I think maybe only drop down as far as the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him just be in the sixth seed and make a playoff mm-hmm. spot, but then just to be totally destroyed by either the Sixers or the Bucks. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's they have pieces, you know. I think that they can pull off a very quick rebuild. Mm-hmm kind of like a like an indiana pacers situation right where you bring in halliburton and you're not terrible while you're trying to retool around him and so they have good pieces quality players that can all play you just have to figure out who you want to keep and who you want to get rid of because i mean as constructed you're not doing anything you know like you can't you can't expect to just have a bunch of three and d guys when you when you play off match so yeah exactly um yeah, I'm curious to see what they what they do, what they do next. I mean, it's it's gonna be a long journey for them to get back to to where they once yeah. were. It's a fun it's a fun regular season yeah. team though. Like I've always liked to see you know like what if I just had a bunch of like fourth round fantasy draft players <laughs> on an NBA team. You know, that's basically what they've constructed. Yeah, and I'd love to see what where they land in defensive <laughs> rating. I mean, they got a bunch of wings and they they still got Claxton down there, so he's been having himself a quite good year for himself. Yeah, yeah, Claxton's been great. I mean, this is what we kind of saw last year when they were still, like, not playing him that much. We're like, why aren't they playing Nick Claxton? And now he's finally getting the starting role, and he looks great. I, I love the dude. He, he plays a great yeah. energy. On the other side of the coast, you got the Lakers completely cleaning out house, getting D'Angelo Russell, bringing him back, the former number two pick, getting Jared <laughs> Vanderbilt. It. And Malik Beasley and sending out Russell Westbrook, Qantas, Connor Anderson, Damian Jones, and a 2027 first round pick in the Wolves game, Mike Conley, and Akila Alexander Walker. So the Lakers get D'Angelo Russell as their answer to getting more shooting and a point guard that's a better fit next to Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Jared Vanderbilt's got some size. Malik Beasley, um, as you know, he's a scoring punch. He's 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 also got some decent size. Yeah. Three point shooting. That's all. That's He's all they're over looking for. Six foot three, so they can Lakers yeah, can, can start to move away from playing three six foot three guards on the perimeter and can actually get some size <laughs> out of there. So, all in all, it's it's a win for the Lakers. I think only having to sacrifice one of their first rounders, which is something they were they've been reluctant to do, is let go of the two remaining that that, that are tradable for them. So only letting go of one, it's it's protected, uh, top four protected, I believe. So. They get that and they get D'Angelo Russell, who, you know, it's he's not an all-star anymore. And he's not on the I'd say he's probably on the fringes, but not always yeah. a favorite. And he is 26 years old. But you do just get a solid NBA player 
someone who's actually a better fit next to LeBron and Anthony Davis. And you have a shot to see what this roster can now do with a healthy AD and LeBron. And you give this team just better spirit, I think. I think it looked like folks on that squad were about ready to just throw the towel in and just and just coast the next few weeks till the end of the year. But now you give you give the team some positive some positive energy and something to to run with, really. Yeah, and you certainly give yourself a chance to get back in that play in race. I mean, we we keep talking about how close the West is and and the Lakers still find themselves in the 13 seed and they've been in the 13 seed for a, gr- a great number of weeks at this point. I think that's probably the position they've been in the longest this season. Granted, it's only by a game or so, but they just haven't been able to make up that ground on the Blazers and the Thunder. Yeah. And I mean, a big win against the Pelicans tonight. LeBron came back and they won pretty handily. Um, But the foot is a concern for LeBron. And if he is forced to miss a lot of games on the other side of this all-star break, they're dead in the water. Honestly, like they're the the uh, even with LeBron, the chances of making the playoffs are still extremely low. I would say probably give him like a 15% chance at this point. Because, I mean, you still have to get to a 9 or 10 seed. That's already difficult in and of itself with everybody having made improvements to their rosters also. Maybe not to the same extent the Lakers did, but they have, you know, three, four game advantage. And then being that 9 or 10 seed, you have to win two in a row to make the playoffs from the play-in tournament. So it is a tough road ahead no matter which way you cut it. The Lakers are going to at least have to go on a pretty impressive win streak to get themselves to that position. Um, but these moves do demonstrate that they're willing to take that risk and it's going to pay off for them. I think to give themselves that shot because they, I think they improved a lot of good rotation players here. Um, I really like Jared Vanderbilt. I think that guy is very underrated Mm -hmm. and I heard they didn't really have a lot of trade interest from other teams for him at the trade deadline, which I I thought he was a great defensive piece, a good you know, athletic big man, and he's showing up for the Lakers right now. He yeah. started the game today. Yeah, I like I like these guys. I think it gives Darvin Ham a bit more to to play with, better, better, just better chess pieces. Again, I think that was my biggest complaint at the start of the year is that you you add guys that sound good, Dennis Schroeder, Pat Beverly, Russell Westbrook, but these guys are all just have the same glaring weakness in that they're not great they're not great shooters and they're small on the perimeter so getting Malik Beasley and Vanderbilt helps that a little bit but the Lakers are still just a little bit weak in terms of depth they still have Wenyan now they go to Wenyan Gabriel even more by moving Thomas Bryant um you still have Austin Reeves as your best piece off the bench which I mean he's he he's doing great for 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 where he was in terms of an undrafted guard but oh the Lakers just still need a little bit more and Anthony Davis has just not been playing great since he's come back from this injury uh, towards the end of March. He's shooting 40, 45% from the field and 14% from three at 22 points a game. It's his shooting touch has just not been there. And there's been a few games where he's notably just frustrated at the way the, the game is being called. And he just seems to lack rhythm and lack confidence at this point. And I'm hoping uh, I'm not even sure because D'Angelo Russell is not really known to be sort of the most bring together, put the ball in the right place point guard. I mean, I think that's one of the big reasons Minnesota was willing to trade him away. Um, 
Yeah. So hopefully the space will open things up for AD. And then LeBron is just such the, the most important piece. Now that you move Westbrook away, it's not the ball handling pressuring duties become even greater on LeBron. I mean, that was the whole point of getting Westbrook is to get another playmaker on the roster. You move that and you don't get another true playmaker. Um, it just puts more pressure on LeBron. But I mean, this is what he's used to. This is where he gets paid the big bucks. So hopefully LeBron <laughs> can make these pieces work. And on the other side for Minnesota, again, like I just don't think Russell was the guy that they wanted. At the beginning of the year, I think I have this memory of us talking about what would be the X factor for Minnesota heading into the season. And we said it was either Anthony Edwards or D'Angelo Russell really evolving their playmaking ability. Because if you have two bigs, a cat, Rudy and a score, a big time score on the perimeter, like Edwards, yeah. somebody's got to put the ball in their hands in the right spot without, you know, sacrificing pieces of their game. Like Rudy Gobert is not a playmaker. Carl Anthony Towns, it's not his best suit. And Edwards just does so much better dominating the ball and scoring. And Russell was never able to find that ability. He was all, he was, it was yeah. either Edwards goes to the bench and it's his time to score the ball, or he's just pretty much just waiting to take a shot or he takes bad shots. He was never really looking to to put the ball in places where Gobert would be successful or Edwards would be successful, or maybe he just wasn't that great at it. And I think you get Mike Conley, a guy who's more familiar with Gobert's game, and a guy who's better at who's always just been natural at doing that and putting the ball, giving the ball away rather than trying to take it and score. Yeah, no, it's a very interesting move because on the surface level, you're like, they really gave up D'Angelo Russell for how and how old is yeah. Mike Conley now? Like it on the surface, it looks just ridiculous for the, the Timberwolves, but this is them saying like, you know what? We have yeah. Gobert. We traded for him. It hasn't really worked out very well for us. And we have to admit that. And so we have to figure out what moves we can do to make our team better suited exactly. for him, which, you know, you're, you're falling into the trap of being the Utah jazz all yeah. over again. And, you know, it's going to help them in the regular season. I mean, we already saw Conley in his first game with the Timberwolves starting. Um, Gobert was nine of nine from the field. He had a great game. And it's something you really didn't see very much from him doing that uh, prior to Conley being there. And so it is going to unlock the best part of Rudy Gobert. And they're going to get a lot more out of him what that looks like whenever Carl Anthony Towns comes back. If he comes back this year, that will be interesting, but it is going to help them to have Mike Conley on this team, at least to get regular season yeah. wins. And do I feel like this moves the needle for them in the playoffs? I think it still really just depends on Anthony Edwards and how, how much he can be that superstar yeah. for them. It's not going to come from the Conley Gobert duo. We've seen Gobert just be a, a non-factor, a liability in the playoffs. So Anthony Edwards is going to have to prove that he's better than Donovan yeah. Mitchell. That that's really what it comes down to. And, but it's a good move for the wolves. It's a better team fit. I've always been a fan of, of making moves for fit. And this is one of those and it looks, it looks good. And, and Utah's clearly done <laughs> trying to pretend like they're a playoff team. Yeah. Um, so th I mean, this is, this could definitely be an opportunity for the Lakers. You know, if Utah goes on a big losing streak now, you know, that that's another team you don't have yeah. to worry about. I think OKC against. and Utah want to lose games, but the Lakers are somehow doing better at losing games than them. And so are the Blazers. Like the Blazers are also <laughs> not, not fulfilling their end of the bargain. Um, 
but but yeah i mean again to to the timberwolves like yeah they're committed to gobert they traded the pieces for gobert d'angelo russell's an expiring contract they're not going to commit money to russell <laughs> gobert's the one no. they paid the bigger price for so at this point they got to make it work and they know what it looks like when with russell gobert and edwards and it looks okay it didn't look right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was mostly because Anthony Edwards has just been playing out of yeah. his mind. So maybe you take a Russell out of the equation, you add a more traditional point guard in Conley, and then you give yourself, you know, the ability to look at the glass half full and hope that it gets better, which it might. I think I think it will. Um, it's not a needle mover, but I think it'll move them up the standings a little bit in a in a positive direction. I'm impressed that Mike Conley is still able to contribute at the level he does. I feel like he's been, maybe I'm overreacting, but I just feel like he's been in the league for so long. I just, he's he's been in the league since like 2011, I think 2012. Yeah. Which like, you know, is really not that much when you compare to LeBron, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah, but my dude, yeah, my dude's been balling for a while. Um, yeah, we got a, bunch of other um, trades yeah as far as other trades i will get to in some of them in, in the biggest winners and losers and all that um i i guess really outside of those um probably the biggest one is the knicks getting josh yeah, hart i like it it's a very right? tibbs guy <laughs> yeah. very tibbs guy very tibbs guy yeah no that's totally correct yeah he's gonna <laughs> once once he gets in more incorporated he's gonna play him 40 minutes yeah a night. i i i do think it was interesting how much they had to give away for him um cam reddish first rounder i i i guess it makes sense you have to give up that first rounder but again the knicks yeah it's protected too but yeah it's uh i mean reddish is just he amounts to nothing essentially you know like he didn't play for them i'm sure the blazers didn't value him that high his value across the league wasn't that high so they had to attach the yeah i guess it doesn't matter at this point but still again it's like the knicks having to cover for a mistake that they made by trading for cam reddish with the first (laughs) rounder now they have to sacrifice another first rounder to cover that mistake and get a guy that they actually want to play and that being josh hart and and, i mean he's he's had he's he's already been pretty productive for the knicks um in his first game back so yeah i I think yeah this seemed like a like a good trade all trade all around jalen mcdaniels for the sixers is a little questiony but it all seems like it was an accounting trade for them. It's probably better than thigh bowl, I guess. Yeah, less. I'd rather have Jalen McDaniels than thigh yeah, bowl for sure. Um, and the Hornets just get a few second rounders. <laughs> <laughs> like that's all they were mm-hmm. in it for. Um, what do you think of the Clippers moves? Really quick, did Eric getting Eric Gordon, Mason Plumley, uh, Bones? Highland. I like those moves. They're not great moves, but they're not bad moves. They're okay to good moves. <laughs> I like Mason Plumley. Like Mason Plumley has low key been uh, pro- That's a great EJ's, backup he's center. Yeah. Pro- played some very productive last two years, three years in the NBA in Denver. Uh Detroit. Was he in Detroit before? Uh, I don't know. Gosh, I, I that sounds correct, he, but that could have been that could have also been uh Mason Plumley. Yeah. <laughs> Where was Mason Plumley last year? But I just remember he, he had a decent year. Or Miles Plumley, oh, sorry. Miles, <laughs> Miles Plumley, yeah. Uh, I, I'm like, yeah. Oh, he yeah, was in Detroit. In, right yeah, he was in like, Detroit 2020, and then he was in Charlotte for the last two years. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, He's yeah, had some productive years, so. I, oh, yeah, no, he's he's good. I, I like having him on the team, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you have another 
Because Zubak, Zubak can't play 30-something minutes a night. He's just not built for that. Like, if he he plays, you know, 26 to 28 and Plumlee plays 20 to 22, that's that's what we want him there for. Yeah, and you get Mason Plumlee, who's, like, a little better around the basket than, than Zubak. He's got these nittle lice hook shots and yeah. over and it, unders. He's a good playmaker, too. He averages a lot of assists. Yeah, he can put the ball in the right places. Like, he's not, he doesn't quite have the size of Zubak, but again, you just get another chess piece where a team is looking to make a run in, in the playoffs. Like, that's essentially what you need, just another piece to, to, that, you, that can give you 20 minutes in the playoffs and just disrupt whatever the other team is doing. Um, I like the move to, to move away from Reggie Jackson in a second rounder, and then you just, you just get Eric Gordon, who's kind of been like, knocking at the door to get the hell away from the rockets but like <laughs> he comes back to the yeah. clippers that's where he started his career with us so it's kind of funny to see him yeah, back too exactly and and did the clippers get bone bones highland they did right yeah we got bones highland in a yeah like for just two second round picks um in a deal with denver yeah they they did not want much for him interestingly. yeah i like eric gordon i like bones highland but the, the one interesting thing just about the clippers is like i thought their whole identity was to try to get have a Reggie Jackson to get the ball playmaking duties out of Paul George and Kawhi and let them focus on what they do best, which is attack or shoot, be the triple threat, mm-hmm. offensive threat. But now you have to put the ball back into Paul George's hand or Kawhi's hand on every single possession. So the team is going to look a little different on the offensive end. So I'm a little curious at what that thinking was back there because you get Eric Gordon, but Eric Gordon yeah. again is another scoring a scoring threat so i guess you just sacrifice that and none of these guys are ball handlers by mm-hmm. any means and it seems like they were actually trusting terrence Mann with a lot more just point mm-hmm. guard duties essentially which i never saw him as a point guard he's just seemed like a like a shooting guard with you know some defense and maybe he puts up the occasional shot but He's actually carved out a role for himself there, and they they're trusting him with that in the starting lineup now. So maybe that's mm-hmm. something. Uh, yeah, it seems like that's what they're sticking with with him, George Leonard, uh, Zubak, and unfortunately still Marcus Morris <laughs> in that in that starting five. And that that's the one piece where I was like, God, if we could just have gotten something for Morris, that would have been perfect. I I would have been really stoked. Yeah. Um, but he's still there. And he's still sucking up thirty minutes a game and jacking up a bunch of ill-advised yeah. shots i do want to take out just like the tiny sad piano for john wall going back to to the rockets oh, man. man after after just totally digging into them yeah. on social media yeah. yeah it's pretty apparent how he feels about the rockets organization and i'm sure he's gonna get a buyout but man what 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 a, yeah <laughs> so what a way awkward. for the careers of westbrook and and John Wall, both of those dudes who got those huge were the first to get those big contracts with when the salary yeah. cap just exploded. So and they've just been bouncing <laughs> around the league. I'm sure he'll he'll be bought out and he'll probably go to the Eastern Conference somewhere, I'm sure. Or maybe he makes his way out west. <laughs> maybe he makes his way back to the Wizards. Who knows? But Oh man, yeah. that'd be funny. Uh, Danny Green. Um, yeah, then Luke uh Luke Kennard going to the Memphis is probably the other like actual big mm-hmm. part of this deal. Um, uh, you know, Kennard was just a guy that never really, the Clippers never really figured out a way yeah. to use him. And he's just one of the best three point shooters in the league, but he is a liability on defense. He's undersized for his position, and 
you know, he just never really found that same magic he had in Detroit. So it is a bummer, but it's probably for yeah, the best. Yeah, I mean, I think you get a, a stronger piece in Eric Gordon and Bones Highland, both of those guys. It's like They're just more versatile. I think they're more with Tyron Lue wants. And I think Memphis actually gets yeah. a low-key win here by getting Luke Kennard. Um, they yeah. struggle to shoot the three ball. They're an excellent defensive team, second in the league in defensive rating. But they're not that great offensively. You wouldn't even that you wouldn't know that even you know knowing that they had Jaw. But Jaw could only do so much for this yeah. team. And adding a piece like Luke Kennard is another guy you can bring off the bench and to just knock down some threes. They were hoping Danny Green would be that, but I think Luke Kennard is a bit better at this point in his career than Danny yeah. Green. Danny Green's a little washed, unfortunately. Yeah. Coming off that big injury too, that's just that's rough at, at that point in your career. It's not always can't always come back like Kevin yeah, Durant. Exactly. Um, do you want to jump jump right into the summary? Biggest winners, biggest losers. Yeah, let's do it. I think yeah, we covered all the yeah, big ones. So. There's there's a lot yeah. going on here, but this this is our best way to summarize it. So the biggest winner of the trade deadline, I have Sun's new ownership, but more specifically, also is Chris Paul. Chris Paul again has just <laughs> always figures out. A, I don't know if it's because he's the president of the players' union, or maybe I don't know if he still holds that position, but he's obviously. Very close so. to the NBA circles. So I don't know if he just manipulates his way somehow to always end up getting the better side of all the big roster moves in the NBA. Although he did get sent to OKC, which that was a one year blip of, of a bad move that a move that but he <laughs> yeah, made, it, he work made it work. So <laughs> now he gets the best shot he's ever had at winning an NBA title. He's get, he gets probably the best teammate he's ever had. And Kevin Durant. Oh yeah, for sure. There's an argument, mm -hmm. I guess, if you if 2017 James Harden is better than this this version of Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's still I still take yeah, KD. I mean yeah. KD near seven footer, <laughs> like yeah. So Chris Ball finds himself in the best opportunity to win an NBA title with Kevin Durant, of course, his young counterpart in uh and Devin Booker. So I have him as one of the biggest winners. Honorable mention, the Lakers. But notably, what I was thinking mm -hmm. about this is Rob Palenka, like if Rob Palenka didn't make any moves, <laughs> he's probably fired. Like, I don't like there's no yeah. <laughs> way you can maintain your job after making. I mean, I got so surprised that his contract was extended last summer after making a move for Westbrook and it turning out as badly as it did. And then you have KCP, yeah. Alex Caruso and Kyle Kuzma just kind of flourishing in, on their new teams on the same contract that the Lakers yeah. gave them <laughs> when you could have kept those core pieces, no reason to have moved them. You would have still had them this year. So Rob Palenka saved his jobs and made improvements across the board and all the positions. Um, those were nice grabs for him. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, when you can turn Russell Westbrook, who was considered like someone you just had to get rid of into actual good players coming back, that that's a huge win. Put yourself in a position to, hopefully make the playoffs and, and really the other side of this is that the teams you're competing against for that play in spot did not really improve. OKC didn't make any big moves. The Blazers made some very questionable yeah. moves and the Pelicans made a slight improvement. I'd say very slight. And so it looks like there is an opening for them and, and they yeah. took advantage. And Utah sold pieces. So and Utah, yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. And I said the mm -hmm. bronze medal winner because I also wanted to put a third winner here. Is I just think competition in the Western <laughs> Conference. I think there's a lot of parity. Sure. Teams are really close, which 
I think in some ways it's good. In some ways it's bad. I, th- I think it just makes it hard to really have those definitive winners or dominant teams that you want to watch night in and night out. So I think this sort of moves the needle a bit closer to the top within the Western Conference and, dif- and really separates the pack a little bit because um, now we have the Suns and the Nuggets that are clearly the two favorites. And then you have Memphis also knocking at the door as an underdog now, whereas before it sort of felt difficult to really tell who who were the favorites. And then you just had this huge conglomerate of pretty good teams. And now we I think we have some clear, some <laughs> clear, uh, some clear cut lines here between between we who who's the best, who are in the middle of the pack and who's uh, only just good enough. Yeah, and I still think that the competition as far as seeding and you know who makes it who doesn't i still think it's going to be pretty intense especially in the top like 10 mm-hmm. seeds because i mean pretty much every team in the top 8 except for the <laughs> kings made a moves to improve themselves yeah. so yeah it's still going to be some parity for sure and it's going to come down to the wire, I think. I'm not sure who's going to hang on to that number one seed. It could be the Nuggets still, because, I mean, they didn't lose anything. They only got slightly better, too. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, the Suns, they're not going to be a top mm-hmm. seed with Kevin Durant. They're going to have to win a lot of away games in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Biggest loser, I have Nets ownership. Only one playoff series win in the Big <laughs> Three era. The, the Nets have had more superstar oh. trade demands. An actual playoff series wins. One playoff series win. Four <laughs> trade demands, including two from Durant. Jeez. I, I mean, it is what it is. We've talked about this enough, and it's it's over. And now they're going to look forward to rebuilding this team, and they're going to still pay luxury tax to close out this year. But hopefully next, we'll see what they do in the summer if they trade around all these 3 and D guys that they now have. Um. Yeah, the rough part for them is that they probably will continue to pay the luxury tax, especially with Ben Simmons oh, still on his max yes, deal. That's that's a big one here, and I think we'll get to him. But, but before that, <laughs> an honorable mention is the Chicago Bulls is one of those teams that didn't make a move to either move themselves towards the bottom of the league or move themselves towards the top. They're on a five-game losing streak. They're 11th in the East. They're less than 500 over the last five games, over the last 10 games. There was no word on Lonzo's return. The last update is like he wasn't doing very well. The team stinks offensively yeah. despite having DeMar DeRozan averaging 24 points a game and Zach Levine not far from that. Um, they just need a true point guard. Alex Caruso is there, but he hasn't really been. I mean, he is the defensive doing his thing defensively, but offensively he's just been not very good for them kobe white has just not really improved at all io just soon moves very yeah exactly and even vucevic is there and you kind of forget that vucevic is there i mean i thought he was injured but then i looked at how many games he's played this year and he's been there and they still just stink they stink offensively (laughs) and i don't know if it really is just the need of a true point guard but I just think this team needs to probably blow it up or or should have at least made a move to try to salvage this season somehow, or they may just be done pretty soon in the next 20, 20, 20 or so games. Yeah, pretty baffling that they didn't make a single move at the trade deadline. I'm not really sure what their mentality was or if they just weren't able to get a deal that they liked, but 
it's a very precarious situation for them right now. And I think it's safe to say that the magic won that Nikola Vucevic trade. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like I might honestly rather have Wendell Carter Jr. instead of Vucevic right now. Because he's Vucevic has just been so nothing. Yeah. Like, sure, he has his occasional, like, you know, he's consistent, yep. right? Like, he can put up, you know, 18 points, 10, 10 rebounds, whatever. But, like, it's just so not impactful for some reason. Yeah. This team just stinks. I'm not really sure why. I think I might just need to, to watch some more Chicago Bulls games, but they're 24th in offensive rating, 7th in defensive rating. There is something there, but it's just not working out in order for them to get wing, in order to get win, wins. And they have pieces that they could trade. They have Patrick Williams, Ayo Dansumo, Alex Caruso's contract is pretty friendly. Kobe White could be a tradable piece. They they still have picks they can trade too. So maybe them they they the guy they a guy that they would have wanted wasn't isn't out there. But I don't know. Maybe they should be aggressive and get John Wall and see if he can help them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sitting at eleventh in the East, like if they don't make the playoffs, I think the Magic own their pick <laughs> for this year from the Vucevic deal. That's disastrous. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah, there's really there there's not a lot of hope at the end of the tunnel for this Bulls team. We'll we'll see if they can make the play, and that's really that's that's all they're going for at this point. They have nothing else to fight for. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, what a what a turn of events for for these guys. Um, big other big loser, Ben Simmons. We just mentioned him, but uh, oh man, yeah, because it's like. Yeah, this guy was in the starting lineup when you just had, you know, a few rotation pieces that were playing, but then you replaced two players with four that are all better than Ben Simmons still, and now he doesn't get playing mm -hmm. time. And so he, yeah, with Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Finney Smith, Cam Johnson, McCall Bridges, they completely take up the starting lineup, and Ben Simmons is now relegated to a 20-minute-a-night bench role. Yeah where he's averaging like four points, you know, a few rebounds, a few assists, just, I think like two shots a game. Like it's, it's looking pretty rough for Ben Simmons. This is like a, this is going to be one of those John wall contracts yeah. where you don't even want to play him <laughs> because he's just not that good anymore. He's his psyche is affected severely. To the point where, like, it just seems like he doesn't want to play basketball anymore. Yeah. And there's just, there's no other way out of it. They're just going to have to ride it out because no one's going to take his contract. Yeah, he played. And so, yeah, Kevin Love situation in a way. Yeah, he played 12 minutes against the Knicks. Two points. 50% uh, from the really? field for one for two. Yeah. <laughs> one of two. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> tough for Jock Vaughn to sort of still salvage this year while trying to find rotational minutes for Ben Simmons, because with the pieces you have, and I think this is where he's, what he's going with is he's going to play his five best defensive guys and guys who can knock down the three, because you don't have guys on this roster who are very good at creating their own shot. So what you essentially need to do no. is you just need to play hard, most deep, have defense, be your best offense, get turnovers, mm -hmm use the space and knock down some shots and just, and just swing the ball around. Um, and you plug in Ben Simmons in there and he just isn't aggressive 
enough to attack the attack the basket to create room. He obviously cannot create his own shot, and nor can he knock something down. He very much just he very much needs star power around him, and when there is no star power, he cannot be the the star that lights the engine up. So I just yeah. I don't see I I don't. I'm not surprised Jack Vaughn is not playing him at this point. So I don't see anything yeah. changing. It's just it's just crazy that like that whole stint with the Sixers just rocked his psyche so much that he just can't play basketball mm-hmm. anymore. Like up until that playoff series, Ben Simmons was a very good basketball yeah. player. An all-star basketball player even. Yeah. And now he's he's worse than a replacement yeah. player. It, it's just crazy to I see. I would love to see the Nets try to get russell westbrook and see if because i just oh realized this may be this may not be a bad team for russ oh no yeah you got be. shooters great defenders you just got russ playmaking yeah. and attacking the basket doing what he does oh my gosh that would be hilarious <laughs> i'm serious i don't think i would I actually love think that. this roster may be suited for him um that would be so great <laughs> Please, please, Nets, yeah. do that. Please save your season. <laughs> uh, most under the radar wins here. These are the trades that probably won't get the headlines, but I think they're pretty good wins for the teams. We talked about this one already quite a bit. Is Timberwolves getting Conley and shipping out Russell? Big reason for the Timberwolves again is because I just don't think D'Angelo Russell was the best fit for what they needed. They needed somebody to salvage uh, Rudy Gobert a bit, and then also just more better define the role for Edwards, which is the scorer and the guy who, who gets the ball on his hands. D'Angelo, you don't need a redundant piece, lesser redundant piece that you had with D'Angelo Russell. And also just was cruising around the block sphere. But it seems like a lot of local folks who report on the Timberwolves have reason to believe that D'Angelo Russell and Rudy Gobert just did not get along very well. Um, so yeah. you, if that was an <laughs> issue, then you also get that as a positive. So Addition by subtraction here for the Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah, it's just not a bad move. Yeah, like we discussed, and I, I think it will end up leading to more regular season wins for the Wolves. Um, I, although I, I, my opinion, I think that the the most under the radar win was actually the Knicks getting Josh Whoa. Hart. Okay, right. I, I mean, for one, did you see that reaction that Jalen Brunson had to when they traded for his I boy did, Josh yep. Hart? It was, yeah, that said it all for me right there. Like, you will never see another guy be so excited to have Josh Hart on his basketball team. Like, that's not a name that usually rings with, like, excitement and hype and, wow, this is this is mm-hmm. huge. But for Jalen Brunson, that was a big deal. And I think the chemistry between them is going to be greater than the sum of its parts. Okay. And we've already seen that happen already a bit with him just coming off the bench for these first few games. I mean, Josh Hart, has, he already looks better than he did in yeah. Portland. And he's averaging 19 points a game, five and a half rebounds, two and a half steals um, in those two games since joining the Knicks. He, he looks re-energized. He looks like he really enjoys being in Madison Square Garden. And I think this, this backcourt duo of Brunson and Hart that's gonna be a tough that's gonna be a yeah. tough one right there. Like it's gonna elevate both their games. Yeah, I mean, if Josh Hart is that strong addition, I mean the next the Knicks have a strong chance of jumping one seed, one more seed and going into fifth. Uh and it's just yeah, but 
for the Knicks, it's 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 their goal to get out of the play in seed, which right now they're in the yeah. seven. And so if they can get to six or five, yeah, that's huge. I think they can get five. That's where the Nets are. So they should be able to catch those catch those dudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh but and and they didn't have to get oh actually sorry with the with the win they just had, they actually went over the heat, and so now they are in yeah. the sixth seed. So that's what they want to do. With now that they're on this win streak, they wanted to be in that sixth seed, but um, they didn't have to give up anything too. They gave up Cam yeah. Reddish, you know, like whatever. <laughs> they weren't playing him anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Uh, honorable mention for me. I've mentioned this one already. Memphis getting Luke Kennard. I wanted Memphis to make a move. Everybody's getting better. I think they needed to do something. They get Luke Kennard, forty-four percent from three, three-point shooter. Memphis is eighteenth in offensive rating, second in defensive rating. 24th and three-point shooting defense is covered mm-hmm. they're great defensively they're rough everybody knows that but they need they needed some better offense just a piece they can bring in 10 10 to 20 minutes just give them a different look give some space to jaw give some space to jaron jackson uh to some of their attacking wings so i like this move luke Kennard. it's a lot better than what they had incoming which was danny green so i think this 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 will low-key help them in a few games during the playoffs so i like it yeah that'll be interesting to see how they integrate him because this is a very deep mm-hmm. team you know they 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 could have could run a 10-man rotation if they wanted to so especially when steven adams comes back then that's more minutes that are going to get eaten up not necessarily from the guard positions but just mm-hmm. in general um so we'll, we'll see uh where he can fit in uh, i'm interested to see how it works out by the end of the yeah, regular season and i like, also like it. it's like the Mem- Mem- grizzlies are committing we see them committing to make a run to make yeah. a real run i think they've always been a team that's always had a strong core but has always been hesitant to spend that little extra or give away that little extra to make that team to make their rosters a bit better um but i like this yeah. uh business as usual nuggets getting thomas bryant yeah, getting to, uh getting <laughs> Thomas Bryant for Devon Reed and three second rounders. Yeah. No impact to odds, but you know, Jokic will continue <laughs> his reign on his path to three MVPs. Um the Bucks get Jay Crowder yep, nothing there. to be their PJ Tucker, and they can hopefully move away from playing <laughs> Joe Ingles for 22 minutes a game. I think it's it was the inevitable yeah. uh, connection that was going to happen at some point this year. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what kind of basketball shape Jay Crowder can get himself into in this last quarter of the season. I mean, he has sat out the whole year. Like he's coming in cold, yeah. man. It, I don't know. I'm very, I'm very interested to see what he looks <laughs> yeah. like. Most bizarre trade: Detroit getting Mar- getting uh, James Wiseman and and adding yeah. him to their plethora <laughs> of already bigs on their roster: Isaiah Stewart, Jalen Duran, and Marvin Bagley. And the bizarre piece of this is they traded away who was basically maybe their best player this year so far, Sadiq Bay for the big question yeah. mark and James Wiseman, uh, second former second round pick from the Warriors, who's due for an extension this summer or after next year. So he does have a team option. So I'm going to assume the Pistons are going to opt into. But still, it's like, why make this trade to Wiseman? And it seems like there sounds like they're well, they did start him today. He had a decent game. But then you have Marvin Bagley that you already extended last year. Isaiah Stewart that you extended yeah. last year. And then you drafted Jalen Durant, who's actually having a pretty pretty great year this year. He's the best out yeah. of all of them. He's the best yeah, out of exactly. all of them. Exactly. So 
you don't fill any holes in your roster, but now you add another big man who who needs to play. Like he just needs to be out there on the on the court. And it's hard to know what James Wiseman really brings unless you put him out there for a whole year with consistent minutes. So it's a pretty bizarre one. I don't really see where the logic is here. Sean, do you see it at all? No, I, I think that the Detroit GM is terrible. <laughs> honestly, like I think his name's Troy Re- Troy Weaver. Yeah, he, he's just made just questionable move after questionable yeah. move. Like I don't think I've liked a single thing he's done with this team. Like the only thing good he's done is draft Cade Cunningham, and that <laughs> was just because like what else were you gonna do with the yeah. number one pick? Uh, Jalen Duran was a decent draft, but you're just bringing in all these overall number two pick big men that aren't very good and i just i don't get it at all it, it, and you make these moves to get guys like um they get neurons noel, oh, yeah, from the Knicks. noel on the roster yep yeah i don't even is he on the roster i don't know so he's there and then alec burks like why are you bringing in all these random guys for like i just don't get Corey joseph mm. Corey Joseph on this team, like it's just the most poorly constructed <laughs> roster. I feel so bad for Cade Cunningham. Like, uh, unless the the Pistons get Webb and Yama, like I just see no hope for this yeah. team. Well, that's the other thing. It's it's hard. You make a trade for Wiseman, uh, but you don't commit in terms of like whether you want to drop into the standings or not. Like, why wouldn't you commit and trade Alec Burks if you're gonna trade Sadiq Bay? You might as well package up Burks. And go get a pick or yeah. Bobin. It's just yeah, or not Bobin. Like I just Donovan. I don't understand. Like, yeah, maybe maybe in my untrained eye it just doesn't see, you know the like where this makes sense. But I don't think Sadiq Bay is a I bad don't either. Player. Yeah, like I I feel like I mean out of all the guys on their roster, he was the one that was most likely to be able to go off for like a forty or fifty mm-hmm. point game, and he did that. I think this year he had a fifty point game. And I, I don't think he is he that much of a liability on defense. I don't know. Um, I, it, I thought he had a, some good potential, <laughs> like you're saying. I, I don't I don't get it. I, I kind of always like Sadiq Bay, but yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I know? mean, he did, Detroit's yeah, going to Detroit didn't ever have to be a cornerstone piece of, of your roster, but he no, could have been a strong piece, like a rotational piece. And he's at 20 to 23 million bucks this year and 4 million bucks next year. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good contract. Yeah. He's on his rookie deal. You know, he's super cheap, you know, you can still develop him, but then you keep a guy like Boyan Bogdanovich that you could actually get actual good players or picks for. You keep him around for what? Like what, why is he still there? You know, just to like be the tank commander, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense at all. Yeah. And to add to it, James Wiseman, because he's a second pick, he's getting paid 12 million next year. So more money committed yeah. to a guy, another heck? big redundant. I mean, I also got to think like Isaiah Ugh. Stewart, and Marvin Bagley are not happy with this move that was just made. I mean, Isaiah Jalen Duran's furious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you kidding me? Jalen Duran's like, bro, I've actually been playing well. I'm the I'm the guy that's good here. Why are you doing yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, Isaiah Stewart was starting for this team to begin the year. I think that's where he thought he was going to be f- for the rest of this season. And then he lost his starting job to yeah. Jalen Duran, who was playing better. So that's fair. 
And now both these dudes are going to potentially get beat by another guy who <laughs> may be better than them. Oh, man. Or, and then, then, yeah, Marvin Bagley's once he comes back from injury, how much minutes are you giving yeah, him? Yeah, and you're actually paying him double like, digits. Uh, like, good. Right, you're paying him yeah. actual money. I just, uh, oh, man. Uh, what a mess. What an absolute <laughs> yeah, mess. And the honorable mention is then the Warriors turning around and not taking Sadiq Bey, but taking Kevin Knox from that three-team three team trade and five second rounders and then shipping Kevin Knox and the five second rounders to the Blazers for an injured Gary Payton the second, uh, which has oh also set gosh. off another entire debacle. But yeah, yeah. So let's let's get into that. I mean, yeah. what the heck was going yeah, on? Yeah. So with now that, we man. have this huge debacle where the Warriors have filed a complaint to the league that the Blazers did not reveal the extent of Gary Payton's injury. Gary Payton goes to the Warriors and fails his physical. Warriors claim that the injury is so much worse than, than what they were made out to believe. Uh, this basically nikes an investigation from the NBA, which could punish Portland with a fine and a loss of draft picks if the investigation were to discover failure to disclose information. And it just gets even weirder because the Warriors told their press, the Bay Area beat reporters over there, they believe that that they should have been told that Peyton had been using Toradol to alleviate pain. Toradol is essentially just a, a pain reliever that's a notch up from ibuprofen. Mm. So it's it's we're not talking yeah. like you know big time. It's intense stuff, but not yeah, like exactly crazy. not not intense stuff, but it, it's a notch above ibuprofen. But it gets odder because Peyton's agent released a statement claiming that Toradol that. Peyton never took any of these shots to, in order to be available for games in Portland. Um, Josh Hart also gave an off-the-cuff quote without even being initiated or anything, uh, complimenting the front office in Portland, complimenting the medical staff in Portland. Wow. Um, obviously, the Portland GM has also denied these allegations, saying that they were very clear with what was going on with Gary Payton. So everything just seems so bizarre. It almost feels like Bob Myers <laughs> just kind of made this up out of thin air because nobody has been able to re to affirm that this happened, that Gary Payton was taking these pain relieving shots in order to put himself on the basketball court. It's weird, but the trade has gone through <laughs> James Wiseman play today. Um, Gary Payton is in a warrior on the warriors roster. So it's just a really oddball situation of back and forth within the media between these two franchises. Yeah, it's just super weird. The The weird part about it is like that, despite all that, they still allowed the trade to go through. If they were actually concerned, why would they let the trade yeah. go through? It clearly must not have been as bad as they were trying to make it out to be. So that I think that's definitely a, a point in the conspiracy theory camp that Bob Myers was trying to make the Blazers look bad. And that was really the only yeah, angle there. If, yeah, um, if, this is what I was... I just There was a rabbit hole thread that I was jumping into from a big-time Blazers blogger. He's not even a beat writer. He's just like a blogger with his own thing. He was claiming that this smells fishy and that Bob Myers has a vendetta vendetta <laughs> against the Blazers because because the Blazers wow. took Gary Payton overpaid him in order to not get him back in order for him not to go back to the to the Warriors and then this blogger also claims that that Dar Draymond Green and Damon Leonard are pretty tight and they're both clutch agents and the, the Blazers are essentially a big time player in the race for Draymond Green next summer 
uh, and they may they may make a run at green and may force the Warriors to overpay a little bit in order to keep them. And Bob Myers has a vendetta against this franchise. Nothing, nothing to really <laughs> say that that's true, but you know, it's just fun sports talk on the internet, uh, I guess. And if that was true, it's like, oh, poor Bob Myers and your billions of dollars. You have to pay a little extra to keep the player you want. Boo-hoo. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, that's how competition works, dude. Like, you're in business. You know how that yeah. works. Like, you don't just get everything you want. You have to actually compete for it, you know? If you want Draymond Green, you pay what you think you need yeah, to pay to get exactly. him. Exactly. I just had a random thought like, pop in. And yeah. I'm also wondering if Bob Myers realized just how bad of a trade this looked for the Warriors. And he did this to try <laughs> to force the Blazers to give up a bit more. Um, and mm, Maybe. Or they have to give up less second rounders. Yeah, or like, yeah, the Blazers all of a sudden give back three second rounders and, and the Warriors only have to give up two. Yeah. I don't know. It That's a, just a thought that popped mm. in my head. Yeah, that definitely seems fishy though. Like there, there's, there's something more there that we may, we may never know about. But yeah, super yeah, weird drama around this like not that impactful <laughs> yeah, trade. Exactly. <laughs> uh, buyout market. This is the next phase here. The buyout market never really moves the needle, but it's always fun to speculate and think about how it could move the needle. Um, Reggie Jackson just signed with the Denver Nuggets. Danny Green gets bought out and signs with the Cavs. The Suns at Terrence Ross and the and breaking here. The John, you must have just put this in here. Cavs agree to buy out Kevin Love and Miami Heat are a strong contender or, or a strong consideration to sign him. Um, yeah, this happened right as we were podcasting. So I just thought I'd add that one in there. Saw it pop up in my yeah. phone. Um, yeah, I did not expect Kevin Love to get bought Neither out. Did I. That was unexpected. That's a big contract to buy himself out of, too. Yeah, 30 million, I think it was. But like, yeah, he I I did notice that he really wasn't mm -hmm. playing for the Cavs. Like Dean Wade was taking all those backup power forward minutes. And I, I thought, you know, maybe Kevin Love is just, you know, gonna wait out the rest of his contract. He's been on the Cavs this long. He's waited to be on this, you know, good team. But I guess he wants to actually play. <laughs> he actually wants to play basketball uh for anyone that'll have him and so he's willing to go to a team like the heat who are certainly not considered as strong of a team mm -hmm. as the Cavs, um but they could still make a splash um so that'd be interesting to see where he goes and what kind of playing time he gets um but yeah out, out of all these guys yeah kevin love is certainly the most interesting yeah name. i think i like i like the terrence ross signing with the suns it's yeah, he he really found his way out of the magic rotation after all, they had all their random guys come yeah. back too. He's always a guy who just every now and then look at the box scores. Oh, he had a 20 point game. Wow, who's that guy? Oh, it's Terrence yeah. Ross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once in a yeah, blue moon. Exactly. He could be like basically what Channing Fry was to the Cavs team, where he was like a late time buyout candidate candidate. They got him and he Yeah you know, didn't move the needle, but every now and then he made some good plays in some crucial moments in some games. So I could see Terrence Ross being that guy for the Suns. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, it's just, it's a depth add that the Suns needed. Like they just need good veteran guys to, to build around Booker and Durant yeah, now. Exactly. Um, final thoughts to close the podcast out. The slam dunks contest is this weekend and 
this everybody knows that the dunk contest has sort of just kind of lost its flavor over the last 15 years or so um i think we did have some good ones every now and then but this year's dunk contest lineup may very well be the worst lineup <laughs> i have ever seen it's <laughs> Oh my I, god. I can't even I, I can't even believe that this is yeah, the lineup. I had a hard time under, like <laughs> wrapping my head around that this was re- the real lineup that was being announced and, and hyped <laughs> like, up. Is, this is like a troll yeah, lineup. Exactly. Like like I don't know. Like the TNT crew must have talked <laughs> about it. Like, hey guys, like keep it chill, like be nice with this lineup when we talk about it on live TV because they were hyping it, and I was like, wait a minute, is this for real? Like, this is the lineup. Kenya Martin Jr., he, I know the name. He's a decent player. He's, he makes the rotation yeah. for the worst team in the NBA, but <laughs> but he's out there, and he, I have seen him dunk, and he's pretty good at it. Yeah, he's athletic. Sure, yeah. why not? Jericho Sims, um, I he, Jericho he's Sims. risen to the crop because of injuries to uh, Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell yeah, Robinson. The Knicks. Yeah. I've seen his name. Trey Murphy three. I haven't. Have you seen Jericho Sims? I have dunk? not. Nope. It's okay. I haven't yeah. either. I don't think I've actually noticed him when I've peeked at Knicks games every now and then. <laughs> yeah, no, very yeah. forgetful. Trey Murphy the third. I didn't know he was a dunker. I thought he was just a shooter and rebounder. I thought so too. I I I think he is just a three yeah. point shooter. I, I don't. Why is he in the three That's what I thought. Contest? I was like, I, was, I thought this guy was a shooter, like spread the floor big type of guy. He's not even big. Oh. He's a guard. Yeah, shows how much I know. But he's a shooting guard. This, <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't even know his position. Yeah. Mac McClung. I this one. Know, oh I, my I think god. This is, I know Why? there's a I know there's how? a guy in his lineup who's a two who's on a two-way contract. And then I'm gonna guess it's this guy. It's gotta be this guy. I just like what is like how are we not even picking guys in the NBA <laughs> yeah, we're anymore? Literally going like, to the fringes. Is this supposed to be like a oh look, the G League is like interesting too type of like is that what this is saying? Like, look at the G League and this guy that can dunk. I I just don't get it. I mean, I think the only reason anyone knows the name Mac McClung is because he was on the Lakers 10 day contract. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. That's the only reason I oh, ever heard of I've him. I've never heard of him, but I've pulled up here. McClung yeah. is poised to become the first G League player to participate in the NBA's dunk contest. Well, that makes sense because it's an NBA dunk contest, not the G. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's not the G dunk League's con- dunk contest. I, just, I I cannot believe this. I just <laughs> like what uh, for has there always only ever been four competitors? Oh, I've, I I've the dunk contest because there's multiple rounds. There's usually three or two yeah, rounds. I could have sworn there was at least like six. Yeah. And now there's only four, and it's like, are these even NBA players? No, not all of them are <laughs> NBA players. Like, they just need to stop. Like, this is yeah. it. Just no more dunk contest. This is getting just <laughs> sad. Need to figure out. This is absolutely. Can we figure sad. out just how to get a legitimate starter? You know, someone who's a starter on their team like, to join <sighs> this, like. Do do guys just 
do NBA players just like, no, I don't want to do the dunk contest. Like, is it just become that where it's like, it's just like no one wants it. Like, it's just actually something people actively avoid doing. Because like, John Morant should be in this freaking dunk contest. I agree. You know, like, I, I just, I don't understand why like the three point contest gets star mm-hmm. players, you know, like Jason Tatum is in the, is in the three point contest. Tyrese Halliburton, uh, like why is the dunk contest have no, like these nothing yeah. players. I don't get it. Yeah. Why isn't Jason Tatum in the dunk contest? Why isn't Jason Tatum in the dunk contest? I, <laughs> Oh my <laughs> God, dude. What the heck? <laughs> Is yeah, this? I don't know what to say. This is the most interesting lineup I've I've ever seen. Um, and I've been watching <laughs> the NBA since like basically 2000, 2001. Um, that's as far back as I can remember. Oh, the dunk contest used to be so oh, yeah. cool. I remember the Dwight Howard, Nate oh, Robinson, man. Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, oh. just to name a few. Um, Derek, even like so many good like, names, man. So many uh, defining moments. Yeah, you know, even what's his? Oh, Andre Iguodala. Oh. I rem- Blake I remember Griffin. Blake Griffin, Andre Iguodala, and even what's his name? Derek Jones Jr. was his name, the Miami Heat guy. Oh yeah, Derek Jones. He was Jr., never, yeah. you know, he never really. I don't even know if he's still in the NBA, but he never really broke out. Yeah, no, he's he's on the. But Bulls, he was a yeah. heck of a dunk dunker, and that was a heck of a dunk contest with him in there. Um, yeah, and sure, that's an example of a, a you know a, a nothing NBA player that can be a good dunker. So like you know these guys better like freaking float in the air from the three-point line and do some like crazy dunks because i just don't I, no one's gonna watch this <laughs> i don't i don't know if i'm gonna watch this i <laughs> like, I, like I, it's like let's come up with the with the lineup that <laughs> zero people will watch yeah <laughs> like <laughs> i just don't understand yeah it might just it. be these guys as families like, that tune oh my in god um yeah it's like the the if the goal was to get as little people to watch the dunk contest as possible, they have succeeded a hundred percent. I agree. Like, yeah, I mean the the guy, some of these guys on the Spurs are playing for nothing. They need to be in there. I don't know, Keldon Johnson. Some of these guys. Um, <laughs> I don't think Keldon Johnson can yeah, jump very Devin high. Devin <laughs> They got some guys who 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 are out. They had to have some guys that are athletes on there. Um, who? Yeah, who, the for Hornets. Sure. But like, are, are any of those guys like better than the guys here? You know, if you're talking about Spurs players, I don't want to see Spurs players. I want to see I John Morant and Zion Williamson. I, I don't look to see Zion <laughs> in this dunk contest. Yeah, yeah. Except his hamstring is completely shattered. Apparently, <laughs> like, what the heck, man? I just yeah. ugh, so worried. So worried about yeah. Zion. I think. But he- anyway, I yeah. Yeah, what you got? Any yeah, final I, I was on gonna say one contest? last thought is I think the NBA needs to figure out how to work into these max deal contracts one dunk contest appearance. One like dunk that's contest. gotta be it. Like they got to make that a clause. <laughs> and like if you're gonna I sign know. a max deal, you have to participate in the All Star Weekend, whether it's three point contest or dunk contest. Because like, granted, you don't, you probably don't want to see Jokic in the dunk contest, but yeah, but Moran, no. you definitely want to see Moran. But Jokic could do. I might want to see Jokic and that, that could, could be, be funny. funny. Yeah. You know, like I want to see him try to do something super mm-hmm. athletic. <laughs> I would love yeah, to see or that. Like pre-injury Jamal Murray in that dunk contest. Like if he would have joined it the year mm. he signed his extension that, that year, that season two years ago, would love to see him. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh man, there's so many good options too. That's the that's the part that's the most yeah, painful. Yeah, but uh, we'll 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 come back next week with the with the thorough review of this dunk contest for oh, you all. Jeez. <laughs> It means I actually have to watch it, man. You can't, you can't hold me to that. I will see. I don't even, maybe not even the internet might not even cover it. There might not even be. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't even a YouTube video. It's like, hey, did anyone get a, a VOD of the dunk contest? Like, no. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, that's all I got. Uh, Sean, you got anything else? No, that's it, man. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for this dunk contest. The three-point contest, though, should at least be exciting. It's fine. There's no Steph or Clay mm-hmm. this year, though. I'm pretty sure, right? Clay Thompson's no, not no in Clay. it. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing. It's also disappointing that, okay, on, on the other side, like the three point contest doesn't have the best three point shooters. Like, uh, Yuta Watanabe <laughs> on the Nets is the best three point shooter this year, and he is not in there. So, fix it. Well, you got Dame in there. You got Dame, you got some star power names in there. Yeah, no, I'm good with Dame. I'm good with the star power names, but like, I, I don't need, uh, what, I don't know, Buddy Heald? Like, I don't need Buddy Heald in there. Give me you a Watanabe, <laughs> man. KCP shooting pretty good, too. He's shooting. Yeah, no, he's good. Okay. Canard, mm-hmm. what, we just said it. What did I say? 44%? Yeah. Yeah, no, Canard's always been one of the better ones. He was in last yeah. year, I think. Um... Isaiah Joe oh. on the Thunder is actually shooting lights out, uh, but that would be like a like a Jericho Sims in the dunk contest participant. So I I, I understand not doing that yeah, one, but for sure. All right, well, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll come back with the thorough breakdown of the All Star Weekend. Maybe maybe not, but <sighs> Matt yeah. Nicolai. Regardless, thanks everybody for tuning in. Have a good week, everybody.